0: Feels good to be back inside the Green Room with Danny Green. I'm Harrison Sanford. It has been a minute. We haven't podcasted since the NBA Finals started. Danny was doing his whole surgery thing. We'll get updated on that. We'll talk about Draymond Green who he said uh played like hit with the S before that. That's his words, not mine. Uh we'll discuss him in his podcast and we'll also look forward to Game 4 of the NBA Finals as uh we start here with Game 3 reaction. The Celtics win 116 to 100 against the Golden State Warriors, taking a 2-1 lead. Danny, we haven't podcasted since the finals even started, so I don't know what your what your pick was before the series started, and has that changed since watching these first three games?
1: No, I had my pick, and I, I've kept it. I don't know if I revealed it or not, but um, my pick is looking pretty good right now. And by that statement, I'm sure you can guess who it is. But um, I just thought that team that I, that I picked was the, the best defensive team in the league. And that's what wins championships. They also have the depth. They have a lot of uh, firepower and a lot of pieces that are able to get them to score, you know, enough on a bad night to score at least 110, 115, 120 points a night. Um, I thought I think Golden State is very good. Um, but if you do a good job of limiting one of their splash boys, um, you know, they're going to struggle to get to 115, 120, 110. Um, but they're going to have to do it defensively. And I don't think they had enough rim protection. They do have a decent round rebound when you have Looney in there. And Kaminga and obviously Draymond, you go a little bit bigger, but um, they don't have enough rim protection to to stop or to limit teams or Boston anyway to keep them under 110. Um, but if they find a way to do it, they get them. To hopefully, get them shoot a bad, have a bad shooting night. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's then it's a series and it's a game for them. Um, but if you limit one of their guys, Stephen Clay, I think had a really good night tonight. Uh, Jordan Poole, I'm gonna say struggled, but he hasn't found his aggressive routes yet and that and i think it's because boston's doing a good job of limiting him um draymond obviously has his days his moments uh, of where he's aggressive and defensively and tonight obviously he didn't have the same aggressions he did in game two but i think that's a lot of credit to boston but i'm sure he'll be different in game four but um yeah it's a, an interesting series and i just think you know boston's a really i think they're both really good teams but i just think boston's a better defensive team and offensively has a little more depth um, on their bench with scoring
0: yeah so i rolled with so i and how many games did you have the celtics winning Six, if not sooner. Ah, okay. So I actually rolled with the Celtics in six. uh, And I actually had my second most likely pick uh, was Warriors in seven, just because when it gets to game seven on the road and watching the Celtics, if there's one thing that I don't feel confident in them about is their ability to limit the turnovers. So I would imagine that in the game seven, it would be a hectic environment for them to survive and win the NBA Finals. So my three most likely outcomes, my predicted outcomes, go from most likely to least likely. I had Celtics in six, Warriors in seven, Celtics in seven. Uh, So far, I feel pretty confident about that as well. Going through, you pointed out Steph Curry and Klay Thompson had a night. Uh, Steph had 31 points on six of 11 from the three-point line and 25 points uh, for Klay Thompson, who bounced back after a shaky uh, first two games uh, with 25 points, five of 13 from the three-point line. But And Draymond, to your point, two points of one of four shooting. Andrew Wiggins chipped in with 18, uh, but was one of six from three. Uh, if you are Steve Kerr, and now you 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 gotten to see the Celtics really kick up on another level here because Tatum had a good game this time around, and Brown had a good game, and you still got contributions from the others. Remember, game one, it was pretty much – Tatum assisting, but not shooting well. Jalen Brown played well. And the others, Al Horford, Marcus Smart played well. Game two, Dirt you got White. a yeah. lot of Jason Tatum, but you didn't get great from the from the others. This mm-hmm. time around, it, it was a full team effort from Boston. If you're Steve Kerr, what's the message and the game plan for game four?
1: Well, they got a rebound. Um, obviously, they get out-rebounded, and they get a lot of points in the paint, not just threes, but um, so the, I think the biggest change is, is, is also speeding them up so they can turn it over. Because... But those guys are younger. You have more experience through Golden State. You can get them to be rattled a little bit, put some pressure on, make them turn the ball over. That's when you're out, out and, and running and getting open threes for you and looks. And that's where Jordan Poole will be at his best. I know you're going to try to look for more, I guess, opportunities to get Poole more involved, but the best way is to get them out and running out and transition. Because um, it's hard to pick up Steph, pick up Clay, and all three of them. Somebody's going to be open and a lot of times they're going to leave Poole more than uh, more times than other than Clay or Steph. Um, but, yes, use your experience. Try to get your defense active. Try to get them to turn the ball over. Got to rebound. I'd say use Looney a little bit more. Uh, Draymond's going to have to be more active for sure. Um, offensively, they you know, they're switching everything. Um, you got to find ways to try to also to put some pressure on the paint, put them in foul trouble. Um, can't just let Robert Williams protect the paint and not get any fouls in any, any foul trouble. Um, but continue what you did tonight. You know, let's get uh, his opportunities getting open, getting hot, you know, high double drags. Draymond playing quarterback, um, get Jordan Poole in those situations. So continue to run your pin downs for Clay, and uh, just defensively, you just got to do better. And that's just getting them to turn the ball over a little bit more and limiting, you know, some of those guys, obviously Jalen and Jason, are going to do what they do. Um, You got to take out completely at Grant Williams or Derek White, uh, Al Horford, not completely, but you got to limit them to half of what they've been scoring. And it gives yourself a chance for them to keep them under 110 points. And,
0: and also Marcus smart. Yeah. 24 points. On eight of 17 shooting, three of seven uh from three point land, five assists, seven rebounds. I know uh Lakers fans are not gonna be happy about this one if the Celtics win uh the mm-hmm. series, because then that would put them uh back uh with that matching number for titles, uh, mm-hmm. or give them give them back the lead, I believe it is. I gotta look that yeah, back up. Yeah, one more, I think.
1: They get one more, I think. It would give, we're at, it would
0: give them one, it would give them, give them
1: one. one make them eighteen for C's, I
0: believe. There you go. So yes, the Celtics would take back the lead for most NBA titles. So obviously Lakers fans, you already know who they're rooting for. But uh, the first time since Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and uh, Michael, Michael Cooper, Cooper you know. yep, that three players had over 20 points over five rebounds and five assists. Tatum, 26 points, nine assists, six rebounds. Jalen Brown, 27 points, nine rebounds, five assists. And Marcus Smart, 24 points, seven rebounds, five assists. I really want to talk about Marcus Smart and the changing of the Boston Celtics roster, but I'll say that for later on in the show because I know a lot of people on Twitter already or while the duration of the game uh, Mm -hmm. were upset or had their commentary about Draymond Green. So, Danny, mm-hmm. uh, let, allow me to go first here.
1: Okay. What do you think? Huh? I,
0: there was a point where I was a big Draymond Green fan because I thought yes. everything that he did was undervalued by the, you know, like I, I'm a fan of watching you because I by know. By the what average you, fan. Yes, because I know what you do on the court, even though it might not show up in the box score. By the yes. pace spacing you provide, you might throw a skip pass here or that turns into a streak that turns into a second assist that doesn't really get counted for a stat. XYZ, XYZ. Same thing with Draymond Green. He there's a lot of stats that he, a lot of things that he does on the court that don't show up in the box score. And I almost felt, I would say, sympathy for him because I didn't know if the common fan would appreciate what he does. Now because he's been successful because he's also won titles and he's made, you know, he's made himself a, a, a presence in the NBA culture. And I he's think he's paid. getting, yeah. And he's gotten paid. Now I think he's overvalued uh, okay. because he's not a shooter and he has these bouts where he does, you know, immature things on the court that can cost the team at times. And more importantly, why mm-hmm. I really have not been on Draymond green side recently is because He's getting away with a lot of crap out there. Mm-hmm. He's pushing people. He's like, when he ran into Grant that's Williams' back.
1: He runs through everybody no. every game. He did it to Stephen Adams, no. but that's part of his value. Um, no. No. You may not like no. it, but that's what he brings to the table. He gets away with it. And if you take that piece off the floor, it changes the whole Warriors system, their offense, and defense.
0: I understand that's how he has, I understand that's how he plays at times. He's rough. And I grew up, I grew up watching nineties basketball. I like rough basketball, but what Mm -hmm. I hated was he ran into Grant Williams back, right? Mm -hmm. Grant Williams didn't get, nothing happened. Uh, The foul was called on Draymond and Mm -hmm. everybody was, after the game was celebrating him. I'm like, he didn't, what if, if, (laughs) if he hurt Grant Williams on that play, everybody would, then what would happen? Wouldn't we have said he broke the code?
1: Yeah, it, if it said, was a Gary Payne situation. It would have been,
0: yeah, yeah. But it was that, he broke the code after he fouled after he fouled Jalen Brown, right? Yeah, after he, he fouled Jalen Brown, his leg. yeah. No, nah, I'm not even worried about grabbing his leg. He used it for leverage, but he purposely left his legs on mm-hmm. Jalen Brown's face. He purposely mm-hmm. left his feet on his face, and that's why Jalen Brown reacted the way he did. And when he got to the press conference, he said, "Oh, I was using him for leverage. Oh, the guy was standing over me. Yes, because you left your size." 13 14 15 whatever size sneaker he has he left your sneaker on his face so i i i am down with draymond at first but he's pushing his limits with me (laughs) as as a as a consumer of basketball he's pushing the limits to the point where i'm not getting i'm not down with draymond like i used to be I, i think it was sympathy at first but now i'm getting annoyed
1: I think it's a lot of fans, but he does what he does for a reason because it's valued and it it, it helps his team, it helps him into the game emotionally, and it helps his group. Um, even though it's it's it seems silly, it seems you know childish, it seems risky and dangerous at times, putting himself and other people in danger. That I don't. Some of the plays could be hurt. Some some of the plays could him getting kicked out, and you know what I'm saying putting his team in a bad situation. Um, but that just goes to show you his value. His his value. I mean, that's part of what he brings to the table and those plays are momentum changes. Those are little games within the game that might have a guy thinking about something else, or it might have the guy, you know, doing this or doing this differently. Or now he's thinking about Draymond instead of thinking of, let me go get a basket or let me do this. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I'm not a fan of the antics. Uh, You know, I, I, I don't like to be, ran the ran over or somebody grabbing my arm or you know flailing and flopping which we will talk laying about the, later laying on. Their
0: sneak laying their sneaker on your forehead
1: Yeah, but you know he, he's doing it and he's doing it with a purpose of doing it for a reason and and he knows it gives him an advantage and it's a game within the game that will get some of those guys out of their game um but you know thus far it's worked i mean we'll see if he continues it uh, he might change differently we'll see how they referee it because I know that he's spoken differently on his podcast about how uh, they referee him and how they should referee him or how he is able to get away with more than other people can get away with, um, which I think is the, the most, the biggest thing that most other NBA players dislike about the situation is the fact that he is refereed a lot differently than a, a good majority of us. And we'll be quick to get a technical foul and him, the standard for his technical foul is a lot higher or well, his leeway, we're gonna take is a lot more broad than the rest of us, but you know and I'm, hey, not, well, and,
0: and I'm sorry, and I'm sorry, Draymond. I'm not watching the basket. He his thing was, well, I deserve that. And there's this there's this rule or this unspoken code that we came to see LeBron, so he's not getting thrown out of the game, or we came to see Kevin uh, Durant, so they're not uh, getting thrown out of the game. You're damn right. I came to see LeBron. You're damn hmm. right. I came to see KB. I didn't ne- I'm never coming to see Draymond Green. So if he has to get his ass thrown out of a game, so be it. Like, I'm not, I'm, I'm never paying a ticket to watch Draymond Green. And I don't think a lot of NBA fans are. So I don't understand how much leverage this guy has gotten to the point where he could be out of pocket so much and never be a threat of getting thrown out of a game.
1: I agree with you on that point. And the fact that certain superstars, yes, you can referee them somewhat differently. They can have a little more leeway with certain, certain things. I still think it's unfair. But hey, they're superstars. There's a reason why they can able to speak to a ref. They have a different relationship with them, or speak to, or say things, or express themselves a little bit more without getting thrown out the game. Because you know those guys sell tickets. People came and watch them, you know, play. Um, but to have Draymond to be in that same category as a superstar, when a lot of us don't see him in that role or in that category, that's where it becomes an issue. So we're like, all right, you know, obviously you don't need to be referee like I guess the end of the bench guy or a role player, but you're a superstar in your role, which means you're a superstar role player. So in that effect, I think you should be refereed like a very good role player. You know what I'm saying? Like, And I to be granted, I think Iggy, I think if Iggy reacted or did the antics that Draymond got, he'd probably be refereed differently. You know, he might, and Iggy's a nice guy, he's a good dude, but I'm sure but because Draymond set that standard for himself that he does it so much, they can't, you know what I'm saying? They can't call it every time. They can't give him technicals for everything. But you know, as a something, maybe that's a uh, you know something that he kept in the back of his mind as a smart long term play that he started you know way back when he first got into the league. It was like you know what I see Dennis Rodman, I see Rasheed Wallace. I know eventually they stop calling technicals or stop calling these fouls on them. If I play physical enough, they're gonna not call these physical fouls. If I get you know if I in their face enough, they're not gonna keep calling technicals on me because you know that's just, that's my that's the way I play. They're gonna realize that's, that's who I am, and they're gonna allow me, especially the fact that they've been winning and the fact that he's made name for himself. Um, it makes it easier for him to to do what he does, which I mean, said a lot of you, uh, us fans, normal average fans probably dislike and hate the antics and are tired of seeing it, but it helps him and it helps his team.
0: You know, as you brought up, as you brought up that point, I'm gonna every person has a chance to evolve their thinking. So you know what, I'm not even gonna hate the player anymore. I'm gonna hate the game. I'm gonna no. hate. I'm gonna hate the fact that he got that he gets away with it. But I but I do not I do not like the fact uh, that. The Warriors went on this whole thing with Marcus Smart. You know, they were mad at him when he hurt Steph because he was diving for the ball. They mm-hmm. were mad at Dylan Brooks, who was who was reckless, but they were mad at Dylan Brooks and they said he broke the code because he was reckless. Draymond Green running into the back of Grant Williams when he's not prepared to do that. When in, in basketball, you never train for somebody to just run into your back like that, especially when you're not trying to grab a rebound. Um that if if Grant Williams had back spasms the next day, we all would have said he broke the code, but because he didn't say yeah. he was hurt, we all let it slip. Nah, he was out of pocket for it. But he gets, a, when he gets away with, there's so many clips of him on the internet right now. Like if you went to any, if you went on Twitter, Instagram, you'll see video of him not yes. playing basketball. Like not that is not the sport that he plays. 25% of the time, he is 100% of the time not playing basketball
1: like it's, even on the free the line with Jason <laughs> Tatum's trying to box him out. Yes, I, I, I'm i with you I, and I agree. So this is the part where I have to tap the mic you know what I'm and let y'all hear me loud and clear. So the fact that Draymond said he gets away with a lot of these things, I understand the thing that I we need that needs to change is the flopping, to, especially because a lot of it's becoming dangerous. Some of his flopping, some of his antics are becoming dangerous. Some of his physical play, there's a lot of, I don't mind physical play. I don't mind guys selling if somebody bumps you. You know what I'm saying? Selling it, selling a little bit. But a lot of times, guys are flopping, falling into other people's legs, falling to people's knees, uh, rolling people's ankles. You know, uh, running people over. Um, that's where flopping to me. We need we need to stop it. You know what I'm saying? Also, you're, you're not only you're making the game watered down. You're you're really selling it. I don't know how else to put it. it it's it's not a good product. I don't like it. It's not a part of the game that I grew up watching. And when I was, you know, play, I guess when I was a youngster, the 90s basketball, even the early 2000s. But the flopping has got to stop at some point. Also, because it's dangerous and it may hurt someone, but also because it's, I just don't like the product of it. And I think it's really ruining and taking away from the game and actually refereeing defensive guys, be able to play defense the way they want to play defense, or allow to play defense. Because a lot of us are pretty good defensive players and want to play defense and put ourselves in good body position. But because a guy knows how to, you know, I guess, dupe the system, he's going to find a way to get you in foul trouble or get a foul in certain situations or scenarios. So we got to stop the flopping. Uh, we got to stop the antics of, of the dangerous of running people over and, and the dirty plays. And we know what those are. You know, when somebody's trying to call a timeout a guy, trying to, you know, dive and take his legs out or, you know, a guy shoots and you, you flail and your arms, it might hit him in the face. Or, you know, if you hit by a legal screen and you roll or push somebody, push a screener into somebody or when a guy's jumping for a layup or a dunk and you, you push him in the back. You know, we've seen that happen before too. So those are the players that we got to we got to eliminate.
0: It's 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 all it's it's all like, oh, this is gritty basketball. This is smart basketball. And everybody appreciates it until somebody gets hurt. And exactly. then and then everybody's like, oh, well, they broke the code. Well, if we weren't if we weren't rewarding people for the flailing, for the flopping, it wouldn't be it wouldn't happen. So I I, I, I part of me wants to blame the players. Uh, and I know a lot of people, for example, were mad at Kyle Lowry for how much he was flopping uh, in the Eastern Conference Finals. At the same time, I blame you, Danny, uh, and the NBPA uh, because you guys are—you know—you have influence on the competition committee, and you guys need to I'll get. I'll take to, some of the blame,
1: but I have no influence. Trust me, I've been trying to stop that. I've been trying to stop my technical fouls and things. I've been, I've been trying to stop a lot of things. Try to take away, try to add more challenges. Try to take away, you know, the, the shots at the end of the clock. But, you know, long the half-court heaves at the end of the buzzer. I try to change a lot of things. I don't have that much influence, but I'll take a small partial that blame. Yes. I I, I, I hate to blame the players
0: uh, for some of it, but yes, uh, they are manipulating the system. For example, remember at first, you were there at that game. Kawhi Leonard takes a shot. Zaza Pachula falls under him. That series is changed forever. The Spurs Mm -hmm. franchise is changed forever because of that injury. So the league could try to correct it. And all of a sudden now, any type of contact when you're shooting or especially in that landing space is, you know, you get penalized for it. Right. But at this now players seeing that are because it was for an injury, taking advantage of of it and putting themselves in position to get injured or injure somebody else because they want to pick up the points from (laughs) flailing their arms or landing in a spot. They typically won't, or they, they they're pretty good at calling out when you stick out your feet, but there's so much, that people are doing it's to manipulate the rules. It's right. it's, it's, too, it's ridiculous. So
1: to try to see a shooter try to like shoot the ball and slide up under them or to kick your feet. And I said when you're taking advantage of landing space, so you're jumping five feet forward or to the side or you know behind you to try to get the foul, that's when it becomes dangerous, not just for you, but the other players well. And that's something I said, I think needs to be more emphasized. And we need to look at it. Um, as I've seen time and time again, even some of the big men, you know, they're not very comfortable out there, but when they jump, And not saying they're meaning to, obviously you have to see the intent, but they're trying to contest without fouling You're kicking your feet and your legs and you're taking up up, three feet of landing space in each direction. That's hard for anybody to contest anybody doing that and without getting themselves hurt or that the player shooting it hurt. So um, it's definitely something we need to police and emphasize more and something that needs to be changed.
0: Yeah. They, the rule was created to stop the injuries and guys are now taking advantage of it, putting themselves in position to, or to get hurt themselves or hurt somebody. I make it make sense. Make it make sense, please. Uh, one more thing on Draymond Green. Let's do the tap the mic extended. Uh, people okay. are upset with one Draymond Green, uh, because he's do cause he's doing what we're doing right now, hosting a podcast. And he has been doing it throughout the duration of the playoffs. What in between series, now for those people who have been listening or watching through uh, to us for the past four years, we have our own tradition where we don't podcast during a series. We record after and before. Even when Danny was in the finals, it was after and before. Uh, so obviously, when Draymond has a night like tonight, two points, one of four from the field, o of mm-hmm. two from o of two from three, four rebounds, getting outplayed easily by Robert Williams III and Grant Williams, I might say, at least in my opinion. Uh, and then now, I assume at some point this week, if not tomorrow, maybe after game four, he's probably going to record a podcast because as you and I know, most companies would like you to have one podcast a week, at least for numbers purposes, mm-hmm. audience purposes. How uh, how have you digested Draymond Green taking the podcasting to the next level? Because you and I have always been like, nah, we're not doing it during yeah, the national. mean.
1: So I appreciate the fact that he's made the pathway for us to be able to have, and I don't see it as a distraction uh, because podcasting doesn't take that much time out of your day. You're going to be at home. There's two or three days in between games these, these during the finals these days and even other playoff series, at least a, a day or two. Doing a podcast takes all of an hour or two out of your day. For him to sit there, break down, I don't know if he edits his own you know, audio, video, however he wants to do it, uh, but it doesn't take very long and it's not a distraction. I do say it's risky and dangerous to the fact that he might be privy to sharing more than his coaching staff or his teammates would like, um, not just of the game plan of what he, but of what he, uh, his, his mindset, mentality, his mentality, But um, said, I don't think, I'm not saying that he's doing that, but I just think it's, you're just, you're you're putting yourself in a situation where you're at risk to, in a, in a situation mm-hmm. where you could slip up, um, but said, he probably edits his own thing, so he probably cuts out what he doesn't want to share, but um, I, I just think some people just seize that distraction. And I think more people want you to just live in the moment and be locked in on the series instead of worrying about, you know, breaking down this or breaking down that or sharing with your audience. But uh, said he's, he's great because he's opened up these pathways for guys like myself, um, to be able to have podcasts or do them whenever it deems fit. You know, sometimes podcasting may not fit you know, before or after a series. We may need to jump on and get Chuck in the middle because he's only free at that time. Um, so, you know, for him to be able to do that, being a sacrificial lamb, I, you know, we appreciate it. But at the same time, I, I think um, people are viewing it in a negative light because it, I feel like he's not embracing the moment. And it might some people might think that he's sharing more information than he than he needs to.
0: Yeah. I mean, what's what I, I think, one, I'm just hoping that it's all just fun and games on Twitter. Uh, but mm. for the most part, like it's not like Draymond Green is hosting a tech podcast. Or hosting like an automobile podcast, right? He's hosting a podcast mm-hmm. about basketball, so he's just talking about more basketball. So it's, he's definitely not distracted if he's talking about basketball um, on the podcast. With that being said, if he was to distract himself, uh, as you know, Danny, you one of your best games during this best during these last playoffs came after you watched a lot of Ozark. Sometimes you mm-hmm. do need to distract yourself. And so yeah. sometimes doing something that's not playing basketball or being in the gym or watching tape can actually be therapeutic. When you guys come home from your nine to five, the next, the last thing you do is check in with your boss and say, hey, do you need anything else?
1: And do more nine to five <laughs> work at home. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's Hell not no. what yeah, you're yeah. doing.
0: Yeah, you grab some food, you turn on some TV, you go on a date or you, you, you chill with your, with family, your, significant, your dogs, significant other. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So,
0: I'd be there. i will be there if I come home from work and I open up some more work. Hell no. Like that. <laughs> works over and i'll be and i'll be rejuvenated and fresh for the next day so all the draymond dream commentary about him podcasting it's fun i love it it's kind of it's mm-hmm. hilarious some of the memes that they got out there but let's 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 keep the main thing the main thing that man is focused on the job at hand he just wasn't good he just played like shit that wasn't yeah, bad nights
1: like that it, it happens sometimes instead of himself exactly
0: you having that nights nice like that whether you podcast or not it is what it is Back like we left our car keys, Harrison Sanford, Danny Green inside the green room on the Sirius XM podcast network. Before we get out of here, we obviously got to get an update on Danny's uh, injury recovery. He had surgery last week. We will discuss Brittany Griner. And obviously, just earlier on, we discussed Draymond Green and a fellow member of the podcast community. And uh, we also looked into the Celtics game three win over the Golden State Warriors to take a 2-1 lead in the NBA Finals. But uh I wanted to elaborate on that Celtics pick and in order to do that Danny, I wanted to do a little history lesson. Can we do a little history lesson, your,
1: please? Let's let's do it. You got I want to see you got, I'm assuming you have one of your famous analogies coming up. So let's hear it.
0: <laughs> so, uh back in 2010, which is around mm-hmm. the same time you and I were just leaving college, uh there was this company that really helped uh, people or started to help people change the way they thought about life and the way that how they wanted to carry themselves, particularly as it pertained to transportation. Tesla got some a big IPO, $226 million of public funding uh for their products. And by 2012, the Model S came out. Danny, I correct me if I'm wrong, you are a Tesla owner, correct?
1: That is correct. Luckily, okay. I got mine at the right time before gas prices went up. I got it last year right before the mm. gas prices went crazy.
0: Well, back in back in 2012 when these electric cars were coming out, I think it was the last thing on you or my mind. Obviously we had other things we were thinking about, and mm. even if we were thinking about transportation, who were we to think that we could take our well or our hard-earned money and put it into this vehicle that we don't have any experience with or any trust with. It sounds great, Mm-hmm. The versatility the versatility of an electric car sounds amazing. But mm-hmm. who can why could how can we really trust this when we've known all of our lives going to the gas station, taking out our money and putting gas into our vehicles. Ironically, Danny, around that same time, 2013-2014, was the same time that you were in the NBA finals. Okay. And I remember you kind of came onto the scene And no, you weren't a star player, but Mm -hmm. as you talked about with Draymond Green earlier in the show, you were a star in your role. You provided a versatility to the team that all of a sudden, like, wow, there needs to be more of these types of players in the market. A player Mm -hmm. that doesn't need the ball to succeed, a player that hits threes and shoots the ball well, providing spacing for everybody else to flourish within the offense. And so now it's like, oh, let's get some more 3 and D players in the league. Let's get some more Danny Greens. And so every team is trying to have one. And now I look at uh-huh. the Boston. Now I look like the Boston. Now I look at the Boston Celtics. They have Marcus Smart, a 3 and D player, Derek White, a 3 and D player. Al Horford, a three and D player, Jason Tatum, a three and D player, Jalen Brown, a three and D player, Grant Williams, a three and D player. Seven play, six, six to seven players that can hit threes and play defense. And you know, every offseason, for whatever reason, we see front offices spend $19 million a year on a one-way player, $7 (laughs) million on a one-way player. And then we get to the nitty-gritty of the playoffs, and we're like, oh, damn. We really should have invested in more Danny Greens. Or we get to this point in our lives, gas prices are $7 a gallon. And we're like, damn, we really should have got a Tesla when the market was allowing for it. You know when I can get a Tesla, Danny? If I try to order a Tesla right now, probably got to wait six months. And if you want to get a 3&D player on your roster, you're probably going to have to wait three months after free agency. Yeah, And that's and- why I love the Celtics. Because... <laughs> They addressed they got what was needed in the market early
1: on and they jumped on when they needed to jump on.
0: Exactly. And so now for the moment that they're in, when they're going against the Golden State Warriors, where they're they have to switch, they have to do all Mm. these different things in order to stop Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. They actually have the roster construction able to succeed. We can still argue who's the better team or who's going to actually win. But I think it's no doubt in my mind who has the better roster construction because they got all of these utility players that are needed in order to win. And if you want to get one now, it's too late. Might as well hmm. wait to
1: next season. For sure. It may not be too late. You might find one or two on the market. You never know when, when that may happen, but not as many as there was back then. Um, but I agree, man. Um you see these one-way guys, you know, fill, I guess they're to fill the seats during a regular season. They can, can shoot the ball really well. They can just do defense, but most of them, you know, do one thing. I'm going to say one trick pony, but they do specialize in one thing and probably have one or two other things, which are not the things that you're going to need in the playoffs. And when it comes down to the playoffs, you can't play them, or you play them limited minutes, or, you know, they're a target and the guys are attacking them. And then you got guys that are playing, you know, or on a minimum contract like a Wesley Matthews, and he's starting for your team. Um, You know, I think those guys like myself, Wesley Matthews, and guys that are playing 3D All the Boston Celtics roster. um, You know, I'm sure Miami has a few guys, PJ Tucker, um, who's made himself a 3D guy. Um, Those guys, I think, you know, needs to be more, I guess, valued more, and uh, I guess appreciated more. And the only way to show that is, I guess, when it comes to free agency time. So, We'll and, see watching the, and
0: just watching the
1: film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When it comes down to crunch time, you're going to need these guys for spacing and playing defense, switch down the line, but we'll get you a stop or a guy that you can trust that has some veteran experience or that can to play some defense, or you'll live with this guy getting scored instead of, you know, this guy being a target. Cause you know, more chances than none, he's probably going to score on this guy. probably have, you know, a better defensive stop. Most guys are going to get scored on, but this guy has a better chance of stopping these guys than the target guy. And then on the other end Thanks. of the floor, you got to respect it because he's going to knock down a shot, but I said We'll see how it happens. Hopefully, you know, the cap continues to keep going up and hopefully they start showing some value to these guys. But um, as you see, you know, we, we even talked about it, you know, Joel talked about needing a guy like PJ Tucker or some more toughness or a guy that can, you know, get the, the scrappy plays, but also shoot the ball and space the floor. So um, we'll see what Philly does. We'll see what the other teams do. Um, Boston, I think they got the, the roster that they wanted and needed and, And that's why I picked them, you know, but they have, I think they have one of the best rosters, you know, depth wise throughout the league. Um, Even some guys that you've probably even failed to mention like Pritchard. He's very good for them. Um, Tice, you know, he's very good for them. Robert Williams, you know, very good for them. There's so many guys that they have that can, you know, specialize in not just defend, not just shooting the ball, scoring, but playing defense or protecting the rim or rebounding and doing, you know, two or three of the main things you need for a playoff run.
0: Best believe when this summer comes up, just like GMs will, spend their money in other places, you'll have a friend who knows very well that he should get a Tesla. And what does he do? If he has, if he has big bread, Bobby gets a go Porsche, to,
1: there you get go. <laughs> an
0: Aston Martin, gets a Bentley. It looks nice in the garage, but when it's actually time to travel and go somewhere with it, it's the last thing you want to be pushing, It's just how it is. and and that's, how, and that's exactly why I would pick the Celtics to win in six. They just have the roster, Danny. Like, for example, Steph Curry is a Ferrari, right? He's a, he's a Lamborghini. He's a great car, but you can't, but no smart person has two Lamborghinis. You still got to have your utility get around the way <laughs> car. And that's why you can't play Jordan Poole and Steph Curry at the same time. Everybody was, oh my God, the, the death lineup. Steph Curry, Klay <laughs> Thompson, Jordan Poole. Let's put them all on the court together. Steve Curry's like, nah, we can't do that. Like yeah. it doesn't. We don't
1: have enough defenders to do defense that. and rebounds. You don't have enough defense and rebounding with that. They're just too small. So, um, but they're figuring that out now. Most so most teams you'll get away with beating them. That that death lineup is a very good lineup and can beat most teams. You're just not going to beat you know the, the teams that have bigger, long, athletic guys that can switch online and more of those guys that can switch online and rebound. So, and we'll see the summer how it goes, man. It's going to be interesting. Um, and yeah, I'll, I'm excited to see the rest of the finals and see how it pans out. When you play a team that's
0: worthy of winning the NBA Finals, which this, which the Golden State Warriors have not played until this moment, you find out. And they, I think, I believe, that they will find out in a harsh way in a series loss. We'll see how that pans out. Uh, speaking of free agency, Danny, uh, a lot of people are curious as to wh- how you are approaching free agency, particularly because you just had surgery, and obviously the results of your surgery will have an impact on where things might matriculate for you throughout the duration of late June through July. Uh, how was the surgery and where, where do things stand now?
1: It's a, it's a very confusing time for me. This is the first uh, and I feel like every summer it's a, that's a new one, a new free agency, but this one's definitely rare and unique. Um, in the fact that I'm hurt. So a lot of teams believe that I'm going to be out for the year next year. The surgery went so well, it went really smooth. They did everything. It was a long surgery it does, it's not for everybody. It does mess up your mind, your body and your mental. It's a frustrating time, especially that first week, uh, you know, getting through it. Once you get through the first week, it's a lot easier downhill than once you start to get back to normal. But I'm not there yet. I'm still waiting to start walking normally on my own and be able to drive on my own. But um, first week was rough, but I'm, I'm through it. Um, but yeah, a lot of people assume that you're going to be out for a good 12 months. But that's all depending on the person, the body, how much you heal, your habits. I don't have any bad habits. Mind you, they say, you know, your graph can heal within four or five months. The rest of it is up to you. Um, you know, how, how much time you put in, you work, your, your agility, your speed, your strength, the power you get from it, and how much you work on it. Um, so obviously, I'm going to put that upon myself. And, and my goal, obviously, I always said this, seven, eight months, of, and I think seven or eight months puts me right at January. You know, so from right now, I got all of June, July, August. September, like the whole summer, that's four or five months. And I got, you know, three months of, of, you know, the beginning of the regular season, which leads me right to January. And if worst case scenario, even eight, nine months is that right before all-star break, I think I can be there. Um, Contract-wise, it's it's unique and rare because my contract is not guaranteed. So it's very up in the air. I had conversations. I spoke to Doc, I spoke to Daryl. We had some good conversations. They keep me in the loop. They're trying to figure out what they want to do. Uh, obviously, you have the James Harden situation, you have the Bias Harris situation, Tyrese Maxey situation. Those guys are a lot more important than Danny Green. But in their mind, they're thinking Danny Green might not be playing. So do we pick up his contract or not? They don't know that yet. They can't tell me that yet. So they, they tell me basically be prepared for anything. So for me, I can either be a free agent where they don't pick up my contract July 1 and teams can offer me and pick me up for another year or two or however they want to do it. Or they can pick me up and trade me or they can pick me up and keep me for the rest of the year and have me ready before playoff time around January, February, where I can be you know ready to, to play by you know March, April, May um so we'll see I'm um, keeping you know my ears open um trying to figure out what, how how it's going or how it's going to go I'm a little nervous about it a little up in the air about it but you know I'm, I'm just going to control what I can control and that's getting better each day and focusing on me and you know listen to my agent has to say for me and hopefully instead, we'll see what Philly does what kind of decisions they make but it's it's really all in, the ball's all in their court whether they want to keep me or not
0: for sure I think it would be interesting to see how how that pans a lot of this roster decisions have to have to be made and we could talk about the Sixers for hours and we probably will uh after the finals comes to a close but obviously there are some contracts there uh that they have to decide what they're going to do with them and obviously a lot of discussion will be around Tobias Harris and particularly uh using his contract to get uh more Teslas in the building 3 and D players. Uh before we uh, one thing that is is isn't in our control either Danny which I wish and I think a lot of people wish we had more control over is the Brittany Griner situation who has been yes. detained in Russia uh, as this episode comes out will be 112 days. Um, I know the NBA has been a little bit more vocal about it now. I know at first Uh, There was a thought that they should keep it under wraps because we didn't want to make it a big situation to where Russia was potentially using it as leverage against uh, the United Mm -hmm. States government. It seems as that hasn't worked. So now they have uh, kind of elevated – the NBA voice has elevated around Brittany Griner, obviously the WNBA star – it's unfortunate, and especially it's unfortunate to be detained in any foreign country, particularly for uh, I think it was a vape that they found on on her in yeah, her and her it's luggage. Ridiculous. It's it's obviously she's being used as a pawn uh, by the Russian government, and obviously all the controversy that we have at Russia does not help things. Uh, And I don't know how the I'm not I'm not a politician, I don't know how it gets remedied, uh, but want to send our regards to everybody who's closely involved with that. Wish them good luck and obviously keeping our thoughts with anybody who is close to Brittany Griner or just in the basketball family as well, because that has to be uh, a horrifying experience. And we hope that she comes back uh, sooner than later and hopefully uh, she can be aided in the way that she needs to be upon her uh, return, which we're
1: hoping is soon. Thoughts and prayers. To, listen, I'm gonna reiterate everything you just said. Thoughts and prayers to her and her family. It's unbelievable. It's a ridiculous amount of time for somebody to spend in prison or another country, uh, being <clears throat> captive over something small as a vape. Obviously, I don't want to you know diss their rules or you know come down with you know things of this nature so for somebody of that stature. Uh, it seems a little bit minuscule. Um, so I really do hope that we get this thing settled and that she can come back to her normal life, her family. I do know her wife well and I, I knew her wife well um you know I've been my wife knows her people well we've been in communication so i'm just praying for them and hopefully that you know things work out smoothly and that, you know we can get this done in a more timely fashion because 112 days is it, it's I, I can't even think of the word for it but it, it's definitely um what's the word i'm looking for here age give me something
0: it's it's unfathomable honestly i can't believe yeah. it's been I can't. I can't. I can't imagine yeah. it's been like this. And I. And I. It's. It's. It's unfortunate that you know it. She does seem to be a pawn in in the yeah. animosity between the United States government and the Russian government, and that's you know we could.
1: Do, it's unexplainable and it's I mean, unfathomable, it's just, man. It's, yeah, it doesn't just, make any sense. It's it's inexcusable to to allow this to keep happening or allow it to keep yeah, going I mean, there on. Has, so, yeah, that has you know, to be
0: some level of 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 of, of decency and decorum uh, between uh, uh, even rival countries, right? We're still united in some way, shape. We're still or form. humans. We're united yeah. in but yeah, We're united in humanity. So I mean, come on. Let's let's let's, let's cut the nonsense with that. Uh, and obviously, the world has been crazy since we last recorded. Uh, obviously, there's been uh, a lot of violence across America. I think a lot of people are outside nowadays uh, with covid not necessarily past us as we've learned today about the phoenix suns uh but i think people are just being a little bit too reckless with their freedom and not whatever is going on in america right now as it pertains to gun violence whether it's in philadelphia new york texas wherever kind of we all wish everybody would
1: yeah we need to chill, out. It's a, take a chill beat, out take a just breath out, relax yeah. but sending our thoughts and, and prayers to all the families in philadelphia for the shootings and in texas you know, I, I live in San Antonio seven eight years. So I call that a home. So the school, elementary school shooting, the shootings in Philly, it's damn near every other week now. Um, I said we got to get people to take a breath, man. I know we're COVID's over. We're outside. We're enjoying it. Let's do it safely and, and you know respect each other's space as humans.
0: For sure. Programming note: uh, We will actually be on. After game four, doing another post game recap. And if you are so uh, inclined, I will also be on ESPN radio Sunday night, 10 p.m. Eastern to 1 a.m. Eastern six to 10 Pacific if you're in L.A. like me. uh, So it's not that bad, but uh, 10 p.m to 1 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio hosting game night, so we could talk a little bit more about the NBA Finals, which will be then heading into game five. We'll be back for a game four recap on Friday. Before we get out of here, Danny, who's winning game four?
1: Got the Cs, man. I know they have been playing well at home lately, um, but I think they found the rhythm. I, I don't see them having a, a – I think game two is because they had such a bad shooting night. I couldn't see them shooting that badly or that poorly at home. Um, and if they just limit their turnovers, I think the game is theirs. say they're the bigger team, the more athletic team. They've been killing them points in the paint on the offensive glass and just rebounding, out-rebounding them, um, and if they continue to push the pace, not turn the ball over, like I said, they give themselves an the opportunity to continue to score over 110 points a game, and if they do play the defense they've been playing all year, they can limit the Golden State to under 110 points, and hopefully not step get hot again, not let Clay get hot again, but even if those two get hot, you got to limit either drawing pool Wiggins. You got to cut one of those guys out and make sure you give yourself a chance, so, I'm going to see in game four. Um, and uh, after that, I think I said I got them in six.
0: Yeah, I got uh, I got the same thing. I got Celtics winning four, Golden State winning five and Golden and then Warriors uh, finishing the series in six in Boston. For what it's worth, in late April, I placed a futures bet. Danny, I know you don't gamble, but I placed huh. a futures bet on the Celtics and Warriors making it to uh the nba finals they both met in the nba finals i also placed a future bet on the celtics winning in six so i hope that hits and i also placed a special prop bet that jason tatum would lead the entire series in assist as well and right and that was at plus odds and right now he is a leading assist getter among uh, all players after three games so ride with your boy you sound okay, like you know what you're talking with about your man. You Tell, like I know not, what I'm talking not about out here, over here. Okay. Yeah.
1: Not <laughs> over here Nostradamus over here you I, take I, a ride with this it. baby Hey, you're good luck Charm man if I was healthy I still think we'd be rocking but you know yeah. we made some good picks pimp.
0: I've been the passenger seat for uh, our game 4 post game show we'll see you guys soon take care
1: If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please leave a five-star rating and give a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. Inside the Green Room is part of the SiriusXM Podcast Network. Clifford Augustin is the producer, and Marissa Rives is the acting director for sports podcasts at SiriusXM. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, Steve Cohen. SiriusXM Podcasts.